1: Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio
2: app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to
3: explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care,
4: and we'll see you there. From the studio who brought you the number one podcast, The Pikedon Massacre, this is Death
5: Island. Just a few miles off the Thailand coast, the island of Koh Tao looks like a
0: postcard. It's almost like if you were going to imagine a paradise island or draw a picture of one, that's what Koh Tao looks like.
4: Young tourists from all over the world visit the pristine beaches and crystal clear water.
5: But underneath the surface lies
6: something sinister.
4: In the last two decades, dozens of tourists have died mysteriously on the island.
0: A dark cloud has come over the island and cast its shadow. Death, mystery,
6: and danger. I'm journalist Connor Powell. Even while making this podcast,
5: another death on the island just happened. One thing is certain. In this beautiful place, no coast is clear. This is Death Island.
1: That's like murdering someone in Times
7: Square and saying there's no witnesses.
5: Production of KT Studios and iHeartRadio.
4: On April 27, 2017, a woman's body was found hanging from a tree. Island locals became suspicious that something was wrong when a monitor lizard kept going back and forth in the jungle. Following the animal, they discovered a woman's body tied up with shirts and nylon rope used for boats. The woman's body was half suspended, her lower extremities on the ground. By the time the victim was found, her remains were decomposing, half eaten by lizards. There was a small empty gas tank found beside her on the ground. Using dental records, authorities identified the body as 30-year-old Belgian national Elise Del Thai police quickly ruled the death a suicide, but Elise's mother questioned the explanation given by local authorities in the death of her daughter. Welcome to Death Island, a production of KT Studios and iHeartRadio. Episode one, the case of Elise Del
5: Magna. I'm Connor Powell, an investigative journalist at KT Studios with Stephanie Lidecker, Courtney Armstrong, Andrew Arnau, and Jeff Shane. We've been working on this story for years now, and the question still remains, how is it possible dozens of people have died in so many different, horrific and unexplained ways, and nobody wants to seem to get to the bottom of what's happening there?
7: not even the family members of the victims, they don't even have answers.
5: Yeah, and and why are all of these cases allegedly being under-investigated by Thai authorities?
4: As of this recording, there was yet another mysterious death this week. This time, a completely healthy scuba instructor.
7: What's so scary about this place is that it looks so beautiful and perfect. If you've ever seen the movie The Beach, with Leonardo DiCaprio. It kind of looks like that. And it attracts young people who want to backpack and go on adventure, despite the fact that it's incredibly dangerous.
5: What we didn't know until we started working on this story is that there are a lot of people who are trying to keep anybody from talking about what's happening on Cotel. This island has a nickname of Death Island for a reason. It makes it dangerous to talk to people. It makes it dangerous to even do this podcast.
4: But why? Is there a cult, a serial killer, or a cover-up?
5: One of the people that I was able to talk to was a friend of Elise's, and she didn't want to be recorded. She was very hesitant, but you know, she told me that anything that helps bring some light to the mystery of how Elise died on Kotal, you know, she would be willing to help. And so we exchanged a lot of messages over the course of several weeks. But her friend described Elise as somebody who was a free spirit, somebody who was just really kind, really uh, happy. She said she had a lot of friends. She loved to travel. She loved life.
4: Elise Magna was born and raised in Belgium. In looking at her photos, you can see she's incredibly fit, athletic, and has gorgeous brown hair and a large smile.
5: She described Elise as somebody who was really interested in spiritualism and meditation. And it started out as sort of an interest, but it grew over time. And then Elise's friend told me she went to Thailand first to do an internship in yoga. And then she decided she wanted to go back to Thailand to live there. And she'd always wanted to live abroad. And it was was sort of the spiritual connection that really drew Elise to Thailand. She went to meet a group of people that, you know... I, I think we would describe it, I think most people would describe it as sort of a cult. And it started with a communication when Elise was in Belgium. And then she went there and she joined this group.
4: We got a hold of an ex-boyfriend of Elise's who traveled with her to Thailand. For his safety and privacy, we will not reveal his name.
5: One thing I didn't expect when we started this project was just how unwilling a lot of people connected to Koh Tao would Would be with regards to talking. So we've reached out to a lot of people connected to Kotal, family members who've lost loved ones, friends who've lost loved ones, and just people who've lived on the island over the course of the last twenty years. And what we keep coming up across is really an unwillingness to talk. A whole bunch of people who lived on the island are scared to talk. They're scared of the Thai mafia. They're scared of Thai officials. And the other thing that really surprises me is. They're scared of being harassed online, and this is something that we keep coming across when I've spoken to people or spoken to friends of friends, is there has been an online attack of anyone who talks negatively about Kotal for years now.
4: People speaking anonymously will be common in this podcast because, frankly, it's dangerous to talk.
5: Can you just tell me a little bit about who she was as a person and how you knew her?
8: I met Elise on a Tantra Festival, and uh, she was a very remarkable person. Elise was a dancer, and um, she loved to, to move. She had a very light kind of way she walked and, and talked, like she would have wings. I used to call her an angel.
5: Can you talk a little bit about what drew her to a place like Thailand personally?
8: She graduated a school of bioenergetics and she was working as a healer, a professional healer and therapist. And she was giving session to people from all around the world. And Thailand was the place where a lot of spiritual people used to meet. And uh, this was like a hub for, for tantra community and for yoga schools. We went there together on an island, Koh Phangan, and, and stayed there for, for some months.
4: While in Copenhagen, Elise joined a tantric community called Sacred. This group was an offshoot of the Sayababa cult and was led by self-described guru, Ramanandres. For a little more than a year, Elise studied with Ramanandres on the island of Copenhagen, about a two-hour ferry ride from Katao. At some point in 2017, Elise decides to leave Copenhagen and flee sacred. Here's Andrew and Connor.
6: And you're referring to sacred, which is kind of splinter sect of a Sai Baba religion or cult, if you will?
5: Yeah, exactly. This group that was not on Koh Tao, but was on another island in the sort of Gulf of Thailand area. And that's where Elise spent a long period of time. She apparently got very into this group. And over a period of time, Elise just stopped communicating with people with her friends back in Belgium. She closed her Facebook account. She just sort of cut herself off from everybody, from her friends. But it's, it's definitely a cause for concern anytime somebody leaves their home, goes to another country, and then cuts off communication. Then over time, Elise came to the realization that she needed to get out of this group, out of this cult. And that's when she flees.
4: That began a sequence of horrible and unfortunate events ultimately leading to her demise and some really puzzling questions. Here's Stephanie.
7: What's particularly odd about her story is that Elise was actually set to leave Catao. In fact, she already sent her bags back to the mainland and was slated to return home. However, sadly, she never made it there. And, you know, as we know, her lifeless body was found on April 2017 hanging in the jungle, half-eaten by lizards. That is an unspeakable crime that somebody committed.
4: Police determined it was a suicide, but Elise's parents had serious doubts from the beginning. Elise showed no signs of depression, there was no note left, and why would Elise send her bags home if she planned on taking her own life? Elise's mother had questions about her daughter's death and got in touch with Sam Gruber, a German journalist who now lives on Koh Sam's speaking to us from that remote island in Thailand, which is why you'll hear jungle noises in the background. He has been helping Elise's mother search for answers.
9: I don't like the term death island because it uh, throws everybody in the same bucket. I, I say the majority in Koh Tao, they do decent business. It's one of the most beautiful remote islands in the world. But we cannot deny that we had severe cases we had murders rapes people disappeared for good and in such numbers that there must be some suspicion and it must be allowed to ask questions and this is how i see it there's something wrong
4: sam has uncovered more details about the circumstances surrounding elisa's death
9: she uh, is a a very tragic case because she was a extraordinary beautiful woman very smart from a a great background in, in belgium and she moved to uh, Koh Phangan, which is the neighboring, the bigger island. And then she came uh, in, into this uh, uh, yoga, uh, spiritual scene. Was she in communication with her mom? Was she the
5: type of person that didn't talk to her mom or her family for weeks?
9: Her mother said there was regular communication, maybe sometimes not for weeks, because when you live here in Thailand, it's, it's a different world, especially Koh Tao, Koh Phangan. There are cultural Uh, communities and they stay among themselves it's like a hippie a post hippie world and when she uh, finally decided to go back uh, to her parents and and turn it back to thailand then she booked the boat and there is a boat from Kopangan which stops over in kotao and from there it continues to the mainland chumpon which is further up north you enter the bus and you in bangkok within six hours so that's the normal uh, regular travel route for backpackers and we have no idea why on this day She left the boat in Kotao, but her luggage stayed on the boat. Here's Stephanie.
7: Elise did make it to her hotel in Siree Beach. And this is known because there's CCTV or surveillance cameras that are there for security purposes that captured her. Just to give some context about Siree Beach, it's a major attraction and what really lures people there. It's basically this stretch of uninterrupted beach on the island's west coast that is littered with hotels and restaurants and bars and clubs and dive shops. We've been told people are always barefoot and kind of in party mode. And the Sairi Beach area is also the location where nearly every suspicious death has happened on Cataw in the last decade. And despite the pleas from their families who have lost loved ones on this island and the growing number of suspicious fatalities, Kitau still remains a very, very popular destination. We do know that she rented a hotel room somewhere between Maya and Siree Beach and that she stayed there for one night. And somehow in that same night, that bungalow burnt down and there were witnesses. People saw her running away from her hut and that was it.
4: While helping Elise's mother, Sam Gruber is able to get receipts. These receipts were able to sort of piece together a picture of what happened after Elise fled the hut and was seen on camera at her first hotel.
7: Again, Elise checked in to another hotel, and she used this really strange fake name, Elise Doua.
9: What we found out is then she moved to the other side to Tanote uh, Bay, and she booked in a hotel there. Three days before she disappeared for good, she booked a flight home. And I have the ticket. I have everything. I like to find out what happened. Why did she book and she paid by credit card with Qatar Air and the ticket was confirmed? And the next day she disappeared. We have to see that this young lady, she was scared. Obviously, she was fleeing Kopangan by what reason ever. And uh, she was all on herself. But she communicated with her family. She booked the ticket. And then something must have happened. We have no idea why she left the boat in Kotao.
4: There are a lot of questions surrounding Elise's final days. Why did Elise get off the boat on Kotao when she could have made it to the mainland and then home? Why did she use the fake name? Was she fleeing or trying to throw someone off her trail? And what caused the first bungalow that she stayed in to burn down?
9: Was there any evidence in investigation into what caused the fire? I never saw a a report that really said, okay, the fire was caused by this and that. I'm curious, did
5: Elisa's mom get anything that was a valuable, worthwhile report from the police?
9: As far as I recall, she waited for a a police report or a forensic report for months. When I talked to her, she was always upset because she she had no information. And she, she didn't have much help by the Belgian embassy in Bangkok either. She felt lost and alone.
4: Could a maverick member of Sacred have come after Elise? Or did the trauma of separating from the cult make her suicidal, as the Thai police have suggested? Forensic expert Joseph Scott Morgan explores the theory that it was a suicide.
6: Elise was found, I believe, hanging, wrapped in t-shirts next to an empty gas can. How common is it when forensic investigators discover bodies for them to be covered if they're ruled a suicide?
0: Well, it all depends on who the individuals were that discovered her and it all depends on where the covering is. Okay. So let's just take what we refer to as face covering, which is a manifestation that you see in homicides and also to a certain degree in suicides too. And generally that indicates a level of intimacy. Um, You see it in families many times or in the sense of a homicide that involves an intimate, okay? Because the psychology that's behind all this is kind of fascinating. If they do face covering, even after they're dead, the perpetrator is staring at the body. They have the appearance, the dead will have the appearance that they're staring back at them. makes people very uncomfortable, so they'll cover the face. Then you have a group of people that will cover bodies uh, in order to conceal bodies. That's a completely different... (laughs) different can of worms at that point, because you're, you, you're dealing with somebody that if they're trying to conceal a death, first off, as an old death investigator, you know, the first thing I'm thinking is that they're perpetrator. They brought about the death. And so that's one of the things that you would begin to think about when you're looking and trying to profile the individual, you know, why, why, why in the world would you, would you have clothing covering a body? I've read, a couple of things relative to Elise where some had said that she was suspended from a tree. Some have said she was laying down and some said that there was a partial suspension. Now there are, there are deaths involving partial suspensions. I've worked many of them over the course of my career. I think, you know, people always think that in order to hang oneself, you have to be completely suspended in the air. You know, you're just kind of hanging there like an ornament on a tree. That's not the case. If people have the will, they will actually, you know, place a ligature around their neck, tie it off, and then essentially sit down and asphyxiate themselves that way. It's not a traditional hanging like many people think. So that's within the investigative realm of possibility.
4: Let's stop here for a break. We'll be back in a moment.
1: Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: The Therapy for Black Girls Podcast is an NAACP and Webby Award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help black women decipher how their past inform who they are today Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Take good care, and we'll see you there. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims.
4: Forensic expert Joseph Scott Morgan has a lot of questions regarding the investigation that the Thai police carried out.
0: I think the question I would ask is on that same day, how many other bungalows burned down on this island? Why was it that at least this bungalow, the one she had been assigned to, burned down? I'd want to know the origin of the fire, the causality. Why did it take so long to discover her body you know by the time they find her body you've got animal activity you know you got monitor lizards that are out there they're looking they're looking for things to ingest and so that's that's the course of nature that's that's what happens and here she is laying on the floor of this jungle you know it's, it's bizarre
4: the half-eaten body was decomposing and attached to a tree by a blue nylon rope Elise was covered up by several T-shirts and, curiously, resting just a few feet away, was a small can of gasoline. Thai police immediately ruled out foul play and claimed Elise had stolen the gas canister and rope and declared her death a suicide. Here again, Sam Gruber.
9: Do you really get a nylon rope, steal gasoline, walk up there and hang yourself up there, and you book just a ticket uh, flight home? One or two days before, it, it doesn't make sense to me.
4: Sam has some reservations about how Thai police handled the
9: investigation. What disturbed me was, in the first place, that there was no notice of her findings. So, normally, when you know Kotao already has a reputation, why don't you come straight forward with information and you build up some credibility? You say, Today, the police found this and this, and we give her body for uh, forensic examination. Everything would have been fine.
4: Sam and Elise's mother put pressure on Thai police by continuing to ask questions, even after they ruled her death a suicide. Soon, local and Western media began to notice. At that point, Thai police reopened the investigation into Elise's death in June of 2017, three months after her body was found.
9: It was actually me coming back and rolling the first stone, and then the whole thing blew up, and... Weeks later, suddenly the biggest police came in a helicopter and started to investigate a case, which was actually the, the spot of the findings, the crime scene. there was nothing more to be found. So we have to rely on people who lied about the finding, the circumstances, and, and, and didn't come up with a forensic report in the beginning. So we have to rely on their ex- expertise weeks later. It doesn't make me feel good, does it?
4: Again, no suicide note was ever found.
5: Do you think she committed suicide, as the Thai officials have said? I severely, (sighs) severely doubt it. You have a nylon rope. You have a a container of gasoline. You have a fire in a previous hotel room, a bungalow. And you have her leaving um, the ferry without her own luggage. So you have four things that could possibly be investigated and used as some stepping stone to trying to find out at least part of the story yes yes and yet you pointed out police didn't seem to investigate any of these and and like there's a lot of cases where there's no evidence there's no information and yet here you have four i think pieces of evidence that would be a a possibility to lead to a clue to some insight as to what happened police don't even touch these things do they
9: we never heard anything by the police The parents found her luggage, not the police. When the parents came and investigated, they found her luggage. It was still in the storage in Chumpon. Thai police justified their decision to rule the cause of death as suicide
4: by pointing to Elise's troubled past.
9: It was always the suicide version because this was the most, uh, for for them, the most uh, comfy comfy, uh, explanation. So they always come up with some arguments, bringing the, 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 the victims into, into a bad light. And they never come up with the real facts. And this is what sorry pisses me off.
4: We decided to look deeper into Elisa's involvement with Sacred, the yoga community slash cult she'd been involved with before her death. Here again, Connor, speaking with Elisa's friend who wishes to remain anonymous.
5: And when she joins the sacred group of Baba, do you know if she was attracted to the Saiya Baba or to Raman Andres? Did you have any sense of what sort of came
8: first? First was uh, Saiya Baba because she used to talk about this uh, spiritual guru and uh, she had some good thoughts about him and that was one of her favorite teachers.
5: And then she became connected to the sacred Kopenhagen group, right? Yes.
8: Sai Baba as a movement
10: would be considered a new religious movement in academic terms
5: because it's relatively new,
10: a 20th century phenomenon. We reached out to cult expert Joseph Simhart
4: to have him tell us more about this community. He's been researching cults and helping people exit them for more than 40 years.
10: The person himself, Sai Baba, or Satya Sai Baba, as they call him, was a magician when he was young who learned how to convince people he was doing miracles. He's quite narcissistic, so he took on this name Sai Baba as a reincarnation of a, of a true holy man called Shirdi Sai Baba in India, who's well-respected. Um, so Sai Baba claimed to be carrying on that energy or whatever as an avatar. And being a Sai Baba came to view himself and sell himself as, off as the avatar of the age. In other words, he was Christ for Christians, the Imam Mahdi for Muslims, the 10th avatar for Hindus, um, all rolled up into one guy, you know, with a bushy haircut. And he um, gathered a large following, very popular in India, uh, millions of followers
4: the Saiyath Sai Baba organization reported in 2010 that there was an estimated 1,200 centers in 26 countries around the world. Sai Baba supposedly transferred this guru avatar energy and franchise rights to Raman Andres. Raman Andres' group promoted itself as the local Sayath Sai Baba sect, and in 2016, Elise was deeply involved with Sacred and growing close to Andres. Connor asked Elisa's friend what he thought of sacred
5: you had some reservations about the way that group operated or way the the leader operated right
8: well yes I connected to the leader of that group and um, he explained to me how do they operate and uh, introduced me to his um, tribe. But when, as soon as I started asking questions, he became very nervous, and he didn't want to, me to expose him in any way in front of his disciples. So he very soon asked me to leave. Later on, I heard that he's been using some hypnosis on people just to get them to do what he wants. And I could see how some people were blindly uh, believing in him.
5: Two other people told me that his group was... While it included men, it was almost overwhelmingly young women sort of searching for stuff. Is that a fair characterization?
8: Yes, there were, there were women at his place where I was visit, visiting him. And he told me that he likes to have those girls and he was bragging about it a lot. Did you
5: think it was a healthy environment for somebody?
8: Well, I could feel that there was something fishy around that because I've seen different uh, spiritual teachers there and and around the world and uh, you can feel if someone is genuine and doing it from his heart then um, this guy was more like a narcissist he was uh, mostly focused on himself and really uh, wanted others to admire him and i could feel that his intention wasn't quite pure
5: did you ever say anything to Elise or express your concerns about Ram and Andres.
8: We didn't have much time to talk about it, but um, I would probably have to warn her more about this guy, which I didn't. And I I regret
9: that. Obviously, she failed for him. They were in love. I don't know both sides, but she definitely was. And she was living there. And they had some severe uh, trouble, in, in obviously because she ran away, but she was deep in this circle.
5: The Thai government, in the months before um, she was killed, they, they sort of said that she was having mental problems, she tried to kill herself. Do you think she's the type of person who would try to kill herself?
8: Absolutely not. I don't believe that. She wasn't uh, suicidal at all, and um, she never had these temptations, or I never could see anything depressive so that she would be capable of doing that. But when I heard uh, the news that uh, she probably killed herself, that was like a nonsense. I couldn't believe that because it didn't make any sense. Knowing the least, um, I never believed that she would be a suicidal, that's for sure.
5: Yeah, I mean, that's what another friend told me as well.
8: Absolutely.
4: Let's stop here for another break.
1: Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts,
2: or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby
3: Award winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves.
4: it seems the more we dig into Elise's story the more questions we have about what the Thai police did or didn't do during the investigation
5: everything about Elise's death screams you know red light something's not right here something's really wrong both fleeing a cult on another island why she stopped off in Koh Tao why she was in one bungalow that burnt down and then checked into another hotel bungalow under a fake name. And then how did she end up in the sort of hills and mountains, the non-touristy part of Kotal? And what is a canister of gasoline doing there? Why is there blue nylon rope there? And how does she die?
4: There's a lot of questions surrounding why Elise left sacred.
9: It's a cult. There's no doubt about it. She was so much in there. It's like brainwashing. I went into the guy's history, this uh, Guru Ramnett, and uh, I don't think he's a nice guy. He he fled, he escaped because he felt the heat and never, ever anybody heard of him again. So the whole story is very mysterious and the police never investigated. The parents of Elise thought he might have been involved somehow and I don't know whether somebody follows her to Kotao, burns down a bungalow.
5: Is there any? Feeling or suspicion based on the people you talk to, understanding the dynamics that somebody from the cult that she was a part of and was spending time with it—they had any role in her death?
9: They could have at least checked the, the the footages from the from the videos and and see whether this guy was following her. But it was all too late. Thai police—they can work very very well. I've seen cases they solve in, in a extreme professional manner. But in this case, I think it was another body. Oops. And they, they wanted to keep it low. They wanted to keep a low level, and it didn't work out again. It always backfires.
4: Because of the way the Thai police conducted the investigation, the window to obtain evidence of foul play appears to have closed. If Elise wasn't suicidal and she was fleeing the cult, could someone from Sacred have played a part in her death? Here's Andrew speaking with cult expert Joseph Simhart.
6: Given that this is right after she left Sacred, One would assume she's trying not to be found from them. How common is it when people are leaving groups like this that they need to actually run away and hide? And how common is it for people that leave groups like this to end up dead?
10: Yeah, no, it's not common. It might be more common in in some types of groups to want to hide for quite a while. When Some groups will go after you. It's kind of like, you know, turning your back on the mafia. And if you become a snitch or say anything, you're walking dead. You know, they will come after you and hurt you some way. Uh, So that's true of a lot of cults. So the majority of these new age groups or Bible cults or whatever aren't going to necessarily attack you in any really harsh way. It really depends on the group. And it depends what kind of secrets you know about the group. If, for instance, this young woman, Elise, if she knew some secrets about this guru and she said, listen, I'm tired of your bullshit, I'm gonna tell people, well, there might've been something that, that he didn't want leaked out and something could have happened. You know, that would be one way to look for a motive.
4: Could Elise have known a secret about Raman Andres or of sacred that the guru didn't want getting out to the public? Here again, Connor and Andrew.
5: Does Sai Baba have a history this sect or in large, historically, across the entire cult? Do they have a history of violence against people who leave?
10: It's not known as a Sai Baba cult trait to go after ex-members. A leader might not say, attack attack that man. The devotees might be so fanatic that they don't want their leader to be hurt, so you can have a, a maverick person just on their own go after you for criticizing the guru.
0: So that's always a danger. Over recent years, a dark cloud has uh, come over the island and cast its shadow, which is sadly one of death and actually, I think, danger, really, for, for youngsters. And if I
6: was in my 20s now and a backpacker and thinking about going to Thailand, I may think twice
0: about going to Koh Tao simply because of its recent history.
4: Here again, Connor, Andrew, and Stephanie.
5: So I guess the thing that's so troubling about Elise's death is just there really isn't sort of a scenario you can paint that says, okay, this is logically how she ended up dying. It's clear, I think, if you look at the evidence that she didn't commit suicide. So how did she end up being dead? Was she killed by somebody? Was it somebody connected to the cult? Was it somebody connected to the island? If you paint the scenario that she was fleeing the cult and that somebody from the cult essentially tracked her, followed her and that that was the person who killed her on the island. The problem with that scenario is that that takes some local knowledge, right? Like to be able to dump the body up in the mountains, the hills, the sort of off-the-beaten track of Kotal. That doesn't strike you as somebody who's coming from another island who may or may not know at all. Because a lot of the stuff that was used in her death, if we believe it wasn't a suicide, you know, does seem to come from the local community there.
6: Yeah, for the most part, but then on the other hand... You know, she was found in the jungle, not too far from where her hotel was. It wasn't necessarily some secret spot. Additionally, you get everywhere by boat in Kotao. You can't get there any other way. So that means that there's going to be lots of ropes laying around from boats and lots of gas cans for all the boats that need gas. So I don't know, actually. Now it seems to me maybe you don't necessarily need to have that intimate of a knowledge of Kotao to pull this off because they're things that aren't necessarily impossible to find, right? It's not like you need to know a rope guy to get a blue nylon rope.
5: Yeah, that's a fair point. There is the possibility that the person who killed her just grabbed those uh, local materials. That said, like, there was a bunch of t-shirts. Where did the t-shirts come from? It doesn't appear to have been hers. So did that person who came from another island bring those t-shirts? They grab them from somewhere else. Also, you could look at it from a different angle, which says it had to have been somebody local. And then that raises the question of, well, why would somebody from Kotau kill Elise?
6: The thing that keeps me scratching my head though every time I think about this is what's the motive? The yeah. only people to me that seem like they have a motive would be people trying to prevent her from getting away.
5: Yeah, and it's hard to look at Elise's death and not keep coming back to the connection to this cult on Copenyang and raman andres because there's just so little information about him you know from a distance he just looks like a dodgy figure you hear the word cult and immediately i know my mind goes to the worst and so my mind keeps coming back with elisa's death to what role did raman andres play in this we know that the cult leader fled thailand very shortly after Elisa's death. And once police started asking questions, he claims no interaction or. Yeah, no, I mean, that's you know, no reason no convenient blessing.
6: time for a visa run.
5: Yeah, exactly. I and mean, that was sort of um, Raman Andres' excuses that he had to go do a visa. He just happened to leave the country for a couple of years. It looks like somebody who felt some heat, decided to get out of town and then returned to Thailand once the heat had died down.
6: Yeah, I agree. I, it looks awfully suspicious. And we've tried a few times reaching out to him via email, uh, yet to hear anything back.
5: But I think the point that we've heard from others, and this needs to be stressed, is that there isn't really any evidence that this cult on Copenhagen with Ramon Andres has a history of violence that would lead you to think like, yeah, of course they could kill Elise. While she's fleeing them, there are other people who have left the cult and there doesn't appear to have been any deaths connected. It still leads with too many unanswered questions. After hearing everything about Elise's death, her personality, the forensic, I still feel like we don't have any real concrete answers. I hope as we go through this process, looking at all these deaths and these cases on Kotal, I hope that somewhere we are able to answer some questions. The families. And the loved ones, the friends of these people who have died on Kotal, they deserve it. But I can tell you, looking at the data, looking at all the research, talking to people, every time we get a little bit of information on Kotal, more questions seem to spring up. What do we not know about her that is important to her story? Not her death. Forget about her death for a second. But like, what do we not know about her that's important to who she was as a person, to her story as the person on the
6: planet? There was something
8: very fascinating about this human being because I was in a very deep depression and I was asking for help for angels or for some guidance to help me from this from this hole that I was in and on the first night we met each other and we stayed together ever since for, for months ahead and she healed me in a way that I could get out of my depression and my life changed completely after meeting her. So I, somehow I can I can say even she saved my life because I was on the edge of um, uh, a suicide when she came into my life and completely changed that. And this was like a miracle for me, that someone was trusting her inner voice and went to another country to meet someone for the first time. And this this was like a life changer for me.
5: Do you think you were re- unique in your experience with Elise? Or do you think there are other people who had these sort of life-changing moments?
8: Definitely there are others as well, because that was her mission. She was constantly traveling the world and helping people.
6: It's absolutely horrific the number of people who died going to Koh and, you know, in lots of instances, the circumstances in which they've died is just not in any way satisfactory to the families finding out what truly happened, whether it's somebody jumping off the roof of a building into a swimming pool and then dying as a result, or somebody dying while scuba diving, or somebody dying with their hands tied behind their back, uh, but they're supposed to have hanged themselves. You know, all of those deaths are absolutely tragic and it must be awful. As so much, so much with this investigation, there's a lot of heat, but not a lot of light. I know, from speaking to the families myself, it's just not good enough not to know what happened. And you just want to know the truth. And the questions won't ever stop unless you've got confidence in the authorities to get to the bottom of it. I will just
3: continue to dig away and, and get more and more, and hopefully I can at least find the truth. And, and we think we know who's to blame. Um, It's just a matter of uh, pinpointing it. Getting justice will be another
7: issue.
4: The problem is that on Katao, there's dozens of questionable deaths that straddle the line. Dozens of lost souls whose families are looking for closure. If you have any information about Elise Del Magna, please contact us at producers at kt-studios.com. Death Island is produced by Stephanie Lidecker, Connor Powell, Andrew Arnell, Jeff Shane, Chris Caccaro, Gabriel Castillo, and me, Courtney Armstrong. Editing and sound design by Jeff Toia. Music by Vanacore Music. Death Island is a production of iHeartRadio and KT Studios. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
1: Bean Dad, The Dress. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio
2: app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore
3: mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll
1: see you there. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica, a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. We've always been intrigued by stories of disappearances whether it's a fraudster from the 17th century who kept evading the authorities or a novelist who taunted the Nazis and faked her own death. We all want to know, what happened next? To find out, listen to Womanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.